Welcome back to Legally Judgy. I'm Nicole. And I'm Alexa. Alexa. Are you ever going to add an adjective to our episode, by the way? Do you want to get in on that? Um, I'm going to pass for this week. Maybe next time. Maybe next. Okay, fine. Um, How okay. are you? How's your week going? What's up? What's new? Okay. Still, All the questions. Still same old, same old, except mm-hmm. wanted your opinion on something. Okay. I think I've brought this up to you before. I was doing my hair today. And it occurred to me, do I want to dye my hair? What color? I'm thinking maybe I could do like a, a silvery with like, you know that silver that has a little bit of like a purple, like a lavender in it? I'm but like say, more silver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? No. No? No. Flat out no. I don't think that's it for you. I think this dark hair looks quite nice. I can't. I, what about highlights? Ew, it's even what worse. About, it gives me like Backstreet Boys what vibes. What about Ricky or, like, Martin? Ricky Martin in the 2000s. Also Ricky Martin. Yeah, I don't know. A little gay. So I thought maybe. How does your wife feel about all, all this? She was actually very supportive of the silver. Really? Yeah. Show me a picture. Maybe I'll change my mind. I mean. Like what I'm seeing in my head is mostly purple with like some gray in it. I don't know how to describe it. Like I've seen it on Refinery29. It's I, like that's all I can see in my head now. Okay. I shouldn't have said purple. What about just silver? Like gray? But like silver, like gray seems more dull to me. Silver, there's like a shine, a glimmer, like what I bring to people's lives. Okay, here's my question. What would you do with your eyebrows? Leave it. I want the contrast. Okay, show me a picture after. We'll, we'll circle back on this. Okay, I've never done anything to my hair before. I, I get that. Chop it off. Yeah, that's not exciting. But then also, I was telling my wife this, and she explained to me how much money it would cost and how much time it would take. And then I was like, nah. Not worth it. It would definitely be like a, f- a few rounds of processing. And then I cut my hair like every three weeks. So maybe uh, so it's not worth it. So it would be gone pretty quickly, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's not worth it. Maybe just get a tattoo. <laughs> that is way more permanent. <laughs> never. I can never. There would be, I don't know what I would choose as a tattoo. At least that's exciting. You like get the pain. You get the momentum. You get like a new. The pain is exciting to you? Yeah, I love tattoo. Like You psychopath. Drilling. <laughs> you, what? Do you have like. Something you should tell me right now? What do you mean you like drilling? It's just fascinating to me. I don't know. It's like, oh, we've had this discussion because I told you I'm afraid of needles and you said you like to watch when you get shots, right? I do like to watch. That's so I watched for both of my COVID shots. They were like, are you going to be okay? And I was like, yeah, just go. (laughs) Like you're you're a little too excited about this. It's just, it's all very fascinating. I don't know why. This coupled so with intriguing. the fact that you like murder docs makes me really be Watch very scared. Yeah, you can never spend the night. Yeah. It's very scary. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes open. We veered a long way from, I was like, <laughs> do you think I could have like different colored hair? And you're like, drill yourself with a needle. Like, no thanks. It would be exciting. More exciting than the hair color change. So would you get another tattoo? For sure. What would you get? What are you going to get? I don't have anything right now. I feel like you can't get anything until you know that you want it. So... If I don't have anything, like I'm not just going to think of things to do. Do you think as a tattoo person, is that what you call yourselves? Tattoo people? A tattoo artist. Your sister does tattoos? No, but you as a, ta- a person that gets tatted, what do I call you people? A tattee. A tattee. Thank you. See, I knew there was a term for it. So you as a tattee, do you think of it in terms of what tattoo you want and then you're like, where would this fit? Or do you think I want my body, like this is the part of my body I want to tattoo up. Let me find something that should go here. No, I definitely think of like the image first. So actually there's one that I've been meaning to get with my Bessie and a Tessie who you met this Me. weekend. <laughs> yeah, close. Um, we have a tattoo that we've been meaning to get for the past couple of years. And so it just hasn't worked out yet. But like that in Describe theory. It. No, What's I don't it? want to. Why? Because it's like a secret thing for me and her. So like, you, you know, you'll see it when it gets done. Where's the tattoo going to be? <laughs> no, we're weird. I, I don't know where I was thinking, actually. I don't know that I had like a, a location in mind. Okay. You're creating, I feel like, a lot more mystery. I'm going to see it and I'm be like, oh, that's it? Probably. It's a butterfly? I'm not a basic bitch. <laughs> I mean, I have flowers on my foot, though, so. Yeah, everyone has that phase, I'm pretty sure. We've all had our phases. Uh, Well, how are you? I've had, like, a real soy sauce craving for the past couple of days. This is what you're going with. I just, I just feel like I want to, like share this moment and okay. see if any of our listeners feel the same way okay. so the past couple of days i've really just been wanting to drink literally just drink soy sauce out of a spoon out of a spoon like maybe a cup i've no i've really thought about like pouring like a spoonful and just like sipping it over the like sink some medicine like a <laughs> yeah, like, spoon baby, like baby tylenol <laughs> yeah what you i just want to know if anybody else feels that way you need 
So you want our listeners to go comment on our yeah, live? Let us know All if right. you've been craving soy sauce. You know too. what our listeners should do? You tell me if I should dye my hair silver. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting a tattoo, so don't even go there, listeners. And then... Tell her to draw blood instead. Okay. No. <laughs> We're not going to resort to violence here. And then the listeners will tell you... If I should drink soy sauce out of a spoon. Should that be our next video? Yeah, I would do it. I mean, that's not even a challenge for me. I've just been waiting for the moment that I can drink soy sauce. It's so gross. Well, speaking of things that are salty. And tatted up. And tatted up. Very tatted up, actually. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Our our man of the hour. Your guy. My guy. Well. I feel like you like him. You have like more of a, like a, a liking for him than I do. He's in the industry that I love. Yep. That's true. But Pete Davidson as a stand-up comic is probably not in my top, I'll say. But let's get into him. So, let's do it. Who is he? Pete was born in Staten Island, mm-hmm. November 16th, 1993. Again with these 90s babies. He's a child. Blows my mind. Blows my mind that actually now when you get carded, if you were born in the 90s, you're good. You don't even have to look at it anymore. I know. They just look at the one nine and it's over. Done. Done. We're yeah. getting old, girl. We're, de- we're deceased. So, what is this? Uh, his mom is a school nurse, and sadly, his dad, he was a firefighter who died in 9 11 mm-hmm. when Davidson was seven years old. That's so formal, Davidson. I'll just call him Pete. Yeah, call him Pete. We like him, right? PDD. Should we do PDD? We can just call him Pete. Oh, now I get what producer Marge said <laughs> earlier before. <laughs> PDD. Uh, and he openly talks about how much this impacted him, of course. I mean, I can't imagine, right? You're like, I mean, obviously that, that impacted so many people across the world in the country, but for your dad to have gone, like, you know, into mm-hmm. the scene and to have died in that way, like, at that yeah. age, I mean, I can't, I just, you know, I can't imagine, like, what kind of trauma that would have. Right. And he grew up, so he has his mom and his, I know he has a younger, younger sister, sister yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So. He's the only boy. I'm sure right. that created a lot of problems. Yeah. I don't like when they say to like young boys, though, you're the man of the house. That yeah. seems like a lot of pressure. Especially at seven. Like, what the fuck are you doing at seven? Yeah, he's like, Besides I just want to play with Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo, which I still do. But he's very close with his mom. He bought a house for them. And by them, I mean him and his mom. And they live in Staten Island now together, which I think is just super fresh. I think it's cute that even after he got money, he's still like, I'm going to stay on Staten Island. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like if I'm getting, if I get money, I'm probably going to go to like Manhattan or. Yeah. You're not going to move back to Michigan? Brooklyn. No, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) Never again. Never Michigan. Uh, no, no. There's not even, I would buy a house there to like be able to go stay and see my family from time to time, but nothing about Michigan. Nothing. Is drawing me back. Bel Air maybe? Bel Air? Would you stay in Bel Air? (laughs) No. With the Fresh Prince? No. Okay. Thanks though. All right. Just trying to gauge the spectrum. Um, when he was 16, he tried stand-up comedy. His first time was actually in a bowling alley, again, in Staten Island. He likes to keep to his roots. I think it was like a, his friends dared him, right? And then he just got up, and I guess there was open mic night at this bowling alley. That gives me very, like, Staten Island vibes. Bowling oh, yeah. alley. Like a stand-up comedy at a bowling alley. Yeah. Who's going to a bowling alley? I actually People like bowling. Bowl. I actually enjoy bowling, Probably. so let me stop talking shit about the sport. You bowl? It's kind of fun, No. I'm surprised you bowl. I mean, yes, for us peasants, but I'm surprised. <laughs> I think it's kind of a fun game. Know. I mean, I'm really competitive, as Miss you know. So never like, living in Michigan again is going to bowl. I don't know. I enjoy a good bowling saying. game. All right. We should go bowling when it's allowed. It's I've, probably... bowl- I've bowled in different places around the world, so. Are you a bowling <laughs> Bowling? You have a, own a bowling ball? I've bowled in London. I think I've bowled in Dubai at one point. So oh, you know. Here we go. You, for a second, <laughs> sounded like a commoner, and then you go to like, I bowled in London I and did it Dubai just and in just Paris. For you. <laughs> You found a way to make a sport that shouldn't be pretentious really pretentious. You're welcome. Which only you can do, Nicole. You are welcome. All right, you go. I'm done. Well, so in 2011, um, PDD begins college and then drops out after one semester so he can pursue comedy full time. And so he gets his first kind of TV moment in 2013. He's on this MTV show called Philosophy, and then he appears on like Guy Code for I think a couple episodes. Um, and he kind of quickly picks up steam from there. He was on like a Comedy Central show. Then he was on Nick Cannon's infamous show, Wild and Out. Also, Nick Cannon kind of sucks. That show also really sucks, but good for you, Pete. Couldn't watch it. Um, and he was on a few other comedy shows on various channels. But ultimately, this all kind of comes to like a pinnacle for him, right? When he joins Saturday Night Live in 2014. And at that point, he was only 20 years old. So he became, I guess, the youngest cast member to ever join. 
and he was the first SNL cast member to be born in the 1990s, which just feels like so random. Like, who was even going back and being like, <laughs> let me check everybody's birthday year and see who was born in the 90s? New stat. But that's what his Wikipedia page is like, his claim to fame. That's first so cast random. member born in the 90s. Maybe they're just trying to find milestones for him. I feel like he, they could have just left it at he's the youngest. Like, I think that would have... That was good enough. Sufficiently carried the information uh, over. That's really young to make it on SNL because a lot of for sure a lot of comics like just hope because I feel like that really you get to be a star after yeah. that right you're in yeah. movies after that yeah. so you're solid. Fun fact number one of the episode he managed to get this audition for SNL through Bill Hader who, who he had I met. Loved. I love him. You so love Bill. Much. I love him. Wait, Sorry, go ahead. Let's come back. Finish this is your, important. Finish your fun let's fact. Fun, yeah, because I do love Bill as well. So this is important. So he met Bill on the set of Trainwreck. Did you ever watch that movie? I don't think so. It's a it's a pretty good one. It's decent. Um, and apparently he made quite the impression on him because Bill put a good word in for him with Lorne Michaels, who is the SNL creator. And I think of him as like the end-all be-all. If Lorne doesn't want you, you're out. If Lorne wants you, you're in. This makes me love Bill even more. I feel like he's a man of the people. He's a man of the people. He's also just unlike hilarious. You. Oh, okay. <laughs> Miss Bowling in Dubai. <laughs> I just... What, uh, my favorite skit on snl by far is stefan stefan's great stefan is fantastic if anybody is listening to this and does not know what we're talking about go to youtube the youtube go to the youtube which you know nicole just discovered 10 minutes ago go watch it um and type in (laughs) snl stefan you will be entertained for at least three minutes you're welcome (laughs) long time okay i mean i guess in this day and age three minutes is a long time Well, so PDD goes on to do a roast for Justin Bieber, um, also known as Jay Biebs, on Comedy Central in 2015. His roast was noted as being like one of the best. And I think he, besides just roasting Jay Biebs, he roasts some of his fellow roasters, including Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. And he specifically said that Soul Plane was one of the worst um, experiences that he's had involving a plane. Oof. And as a reminder, his you know dad died in the 9-11 attack. So like dark. It was definitely dark humor, which I feel like is very up Alexis Alley. I feel like people uncomfortable laugh. Like they were, I feel like you look around and you're like, around, can we right? laugh? I would have looked around laugh? like, well, how's he responding? And Pete's like, uh, fucking laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I just made a great joke. <laughs> right. And me, when I heard that, I was cracking up. I was like, that is fantastic, Pete. That you is love so... dark humor though. Because, okay, I know we're going to get into this but i feel like you were saying i like pete the part of pete that i do like because he doesn't really make me laugh out loud that much mm. but what i do appreciate about him is that he uses the darkest moments of his life to find comedy and i myself like to joke about things that are really hurtful actually because it's like sure. a it's an empowerment thing yeah. right like if you yeah. could joke about it you give it less power mm-hmm. so for him i can't imagine how painful his dad's death is so like if he can make jokes about yeah. it more power to you yeah I mean, so see i'm not that terrible i'm not like trying to stab myself with needles like oh, some people okay. you know so all right that's just just pointing it out feels incorrect but all right <laughs> <laughs> for shots okay 2016 he's included on forbes's 30 under 30 and he gets his own comedy central stand-up special which is pretty big i also have always wanted to be on forbes is 30 under 30 but sadly i'm past 30 now so girl don't say that we can doctor a few documents you know how many actors and actresses are probably like 62 i, mean, I don't look years over 30 now? black don't crack but like all right then we can change that you yeah, know um i wonder what the criteria is by the way to get on there like pete davidson it's just like these influential people i don't know it's a little mysterious to me i but guess if it was around the time that he became the youngest member on the cast like it makes sense that that would have been something a thing you know well, good for him i'm sorry you didn't get that well in 2019, he ends up touring with John Mulaney, who, little side note, uh, he is the co-creator of Bill Hader's Stefan character, which oh, made me okay. like him. Just wanted you to know that piece of information. And then PDD also goes on to star and appear in a few movies. So his SNL time is really taking off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that stand-up comedy may not be your thing, Nicole, but I wanted to give you some salacious gossip here. Okay. Quick tangent. That John Mulaney... I don't know if you remember me telling you this, but are you Googling him? No. Please Google him. Yeah, I am. (laughs) No, look at him. I want you to look at him. Actually, it's very important for what I'm about to tell you. I could tell. I like to have like a face in my life. No, it's good. You You need to. You absolutely need to. Locked and loaded. Do you you recognize him at all? He's not really. Really vaguely. He's not really. He was, he was a writer on SNL and then he started appearing and stuff and he did a couple stand up. He's not my cup of tea. I like him as a writer better. But the salacious goss, because I know you like goss, goss. no matter what it is, um, rumors started flying that he actually 
cheated on his wife of seven years. This just came out like a couple weeks ago okay. oh. with Olivia Munn. Recent. He Olivia. cheated on his wife with Olivia Munn or mm-hmm. he cheated on Olivia Munn? No, he's definitely not married to Olivia Munn. He's married to like a woman he met years and years ago. I think they were like child. I don't know how childhood sweethearts, but like before he became who he is. Well, that's fucked up. Fuck you, John. <laughs> you just cheated on your wife for seven years. She's been loyal to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> the worst part in his specials, he always will poke fun at like how great of a woman she is and a wife, you know? So great so, that you would cheat on her? And now I feel bad. And so Olivia and him met at a wedding a couple years ago. And I guess Olivia did an interview where he, she has said that she just something about him just, and you see him, right? And you know Olivia Munn. So no, I'm like, nothing what about, this about guy? him? Nothing about this guy is making me cheat on my spouse or like give up my fucking morals. <laughs> this is the... the, the so aim higher, Olivia. That's what I'm talking about. So I guess she emailed. She's telling the gossip magazine. This is her direct quote saying she's giving all her. I saw him at a wedding with his then fiance because they weren't married. Okay. And we just hit it off. And then I emailed him after that. And for some reason, he never responded. So I'm like, good, John. You tried initially. Right. Wow. So there's rumors he he cheated. She, you know, he's he's not saying anything about it. But his wife released a statement saying that she was shocked and heartbroken. That's sad. And now John and Olivia have been spotted out on town. Well, fuck you, John. Yeah. And Olivia, too. Well, I mean, that, you've got some culpability, but mostly John. Yeah, that's he true. He's the married one. That's, that's the most salacious stuff oh, I got for I you on John Mulaney. Thank Mulaney. you for that. You're welcome. Let's take us to 2020. Yeah, so I guess last year in 2020, um, Pete releases a Netflix special called Alive from New York, which we'll get back to in a few. Um, and then he also stars in, in and co-writes The King of Staten Island, which was a movie I think was on Hulu, right? I actually never watched it. Yeah, it was on Hulu. So I remember being like on my homepage and I was like, "Mm, no, no Staten Island for me today. I was literally browsing this past weekend and I was like, I don't know. Just wasn't really here for like Newports and policemen. That just didn't feel like my jam. Maybe next weekend. Maybe. Well, so he wins a few awards for this role, which is fantastic. I think Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool if you've gone from doing mostly comedy to like starring and co-writing in a a feature length film. Yes. So generally it seems like people kind of like him because I think he jokes about things. Most people, you know, some people can relate to at least and Mm -hmm. things that are really personal to him. And I think that includes like his dad's death in 9-11, his own mental health issues, his relationships, et cetera. And so I think it makes it a bit more kind of palpable for viewers, which I think you kind of alluded to in talking about like his dark humor. Yeah. And actually I, so I'd been wanting to see his Alive from New York special and I ended up watching a, like the, a good majority actually. I'm almost mm-hmm. done with it in prep for this episode. And he actually started out the entire thing making fun of this, the first time he ever met Louis C.K., okay. which was before he got me too. The allegations. So, yep. And he has all of that stuff. Are we using it as like a past tense verb? He got me too At the time, because he's coming back now. Okay. We'll get into. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll get into that with Louis C.K. Because, and also it's relevant actually, if you were to watch like the first four minutes of a stand-up special, which is the only part I'd recommend to you, he was like, at the time, Louis C.K. was revered. At the time. And he Fair. kept saying at the time, okay. right? Because there was a time before all that yes. stuff came out. So yes. you were like, oh, I want to be, Louis C.K.'s a mm-hmm. huge stand-up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he really wanted to, he was on SNL and it was Pete's first season and he really wanted his stamp of approval. Yeah. And Louis was apparently like holding court. So the entire cast was standing around him and he's telling jokes and Pete suffers from anxiety and among other things. So he was saying that he had just like smoked a bunch of weed. He was high and he just wanted to get out of there because he's like, I'm going to say something awkward. Mm-hmm. And so you put his hoodie over on and then he just started to leave and he was hitting the elevator door open and Louie in the middle of talking to all these people just yells like hey Pete and then he basically calls him out he's like you're high that's inappropriate you're gonna ruin your career oh. like this whole thing right and and Pete does it in a more elegant funny way in his stand-up special but I'm saying like that probably for a young come up stand-up guy is going to be very nerve-wracking you're like oh shit and then it even escalated that lauren michaels called pete up to the office after that and was like hey can you come to my office louis ck just talked to me and he makes fun of that whole scene right and i'm like this is exactly why people like you though yeah. right you're and clearly you're successful it's like, like you've made it yeah. yeah and so even for me who's not really you know i'm not none of his stories really like hit and i'm laughing at them i was definitely like entertained by yeah. it yeah yeah Fair. So even though people like him, I mean, naturally, this has not occurred and his rise to fame has not happened without a little bit of drama. Mm-hmm. So just a couple quick incidents. So at one point in his career, he compared the Catholic Church to R. Kelly and basically <laughs> mm, kind of 
tried to make a similarity between the sexual assaults, which doesn't really feel like we're at a place where we're going to joke about ever. The Catholic Church doesn't like dark humor. Let's put it that way. The Catholic Church does not appreciate being also, the butt like, of jokes. fuck what they like. I just feel like, are we joking about sexual assault? I actually don't give a shit what R. Kelly or the Catholic Church like. Right, But, right. like, I, I don't think that we're in a place as a society where we should be joking about. And that that's totally... That might be true for a lot of people. I think stand... That's the interesting thing about stand-up, though, right? Because some people are like, I'm going to feel empowered by it. But to your point, coming from a man, maybe it's a little less so. But maybe not, because it's like, well, we don't want to get into all the darkness that happened around either of... In, in any of these instances. But I think that generally comics like to push the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you're, n- you're not wrong. Right. It just depends on the person, really. Well, to your point, the Catholic Church and the Catholic Churchians did not like it. Churchians, that's what they call themselves. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, true. Not mm-hmm. Catholics. Catholic Churchians nope. Nope. is what they call themselves. <laughs> nope. And then in another instance, he actually mocked this Republican who was running for office at the time. His name's Dan Crenshaw, and he wears an eye patch. So uh, Pete made a joke that he looks like a hitman in a porno. Was his line? Why in a porno? (laughs) Not in a sex sex tape? No. (laughs) In a porno. And I'm like, how many hitmen? I don't watch pornos. I don't know. But where are the hitmen in these pornos? I guess I I don't know. (laughs) Hitmen pornos? Okay, that's dark. (laughs) Okay. So he faced a lot of backlash from this, especially from the right, as we can imagine, right? This is a Republican um, House of Representative, I believe, from Texas. And... um, it came out that Crenshaw actually wears the eye patch because he sustained an injury while serving as a Navy SEAL in Afghanistan. So people... It's not the best joke. Yeah, people were like, dude, he defended our country and you're joking about his eye patch. Yeah, so then it was actually pretty awkward. People got really mad and Crenshaw, they actually had him come on SNL. And so he was, again, he was running for office at the time. Crenshaw comes on. Pete gives him an apology in front Mm -hmm. of the entire cast show. It's live, right? And then again, in this Netflix special that I'm telling you about, he talks about it and he's like, I'm so fucking pissed that I had to apologize to him. It's fake. I don't mean it. I had to. And he's like, very, he's like, I don't care. And Crenshaw ended up winning though. Cause he's like, I made him famous. That really helped him. He That's got to be on SNL. Move, though. Like, why even apologize then? I, if I had to bet, this is just my opinion. I'm sure SNL was like, oh, we don't want to piss off our viewers. Yeah, but then why come back and say, like, you didn't mean it? Just leave it at that. Like, are you losing sleep over apologizing to this poor, like, Navy SEAL? I don't know. And I have to say that I think sometimes people are a little too sensitive, too. It's like, does it change the fact that this was like, oh, you could just brush these things off, right? Like, if I'm the guy with the eye patch, like, I could just be like, you know what? It's not a big deal. Who yeah. cares? It's some young punk guy. Like, you know? Because he was ready for the attention, clearly, and, ro- and, and rode that wave right onto the top. Correct. Like, you also, you're fine. He's a big Trump supporter, too. So, like, what? I don't Naturally. have that much well, Fuck you, sympathy. too. Dan Crenshaw. I'm just <laughs> adding up my list of fuck yous for, over the course of the episode. You're real angry with people you've never even known. <laughs> I don't care. No enough. I love it. Well, so on the other side of the coin, Pete has had an interesting personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, he well, So I guess one of the things that makes him most relatable to I think people in like younger generations is that he admitted to smoking a lot of weed mm-hmm. um, but got sober in 2017. And I think he said a big reason that he stopped was because he thought it was causing like various personal and emotional problems. But it turns out that he was actually later dis- dis- uh, diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And, th- and since then, he's like been in treatment for that. So, mm-hmm. but I think in any capacity, like people really kind of applauded him for like admitting to smoking weed and kind of stopping, especially given like how, you know, kind of glamorized it kind of looks for celebrities to do. Yeah. And plus the mental health thing. I think to your point, he jokes about his mental health. Yeah. He says that he's crazy, right? With mm-hmm. whatever, like if that's the way you want to call yourself and, and that makes you feel better, go for it. Yeah. And then his love life. I think that's he's what people... quite a love life. Honestly, I think that's how I started thinking of him. When I, when I noticed him, it was Ariana Grande. That's how I thought of Kate. Uh, sorry, how I thought of Pete. Yeah. So he dated, I didn't know this, Larry David's daughter, Cassie David. And honestly, before I saw what she looks like, I pictured Larry David with hair and I was like, that's bad. <laughs> That's not an attractive. She does, she does not look like that, though. No. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, Kaya Gerber. Kaya is also really pretty. He gets like the hotties. Yeah. I'm like, this guy must be must be the artistic knit. I don't know what it is. It feels very weird when you've like said all these names. So Ariana Grande, Kaya Gerber, Kate Beckinsale, and then Larry David's daughter. First of all, <laughs> I hated the Larry David show on HBO. What? 
it, he was just so annoying. Like, I could, I've never been so annoyed by a character. I thought you would actually appreciate some of his, like, pushing against things that are norms. There are definitely moments that I laughed. I mean, my husband watched it, and so I would, like, watch it with him from time to time. So there were some funny moments, but for the most part, I was like, I just hope he gets hit with a car. Oh my God, that bad. Sometimes he is annoying, but I have to say, we in this household, we're big Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm fans, I should say. Like, Seinfeld is fine. My parents watched it a lot. I think it's, you know, it's fine. If, yeah. if I were to watch it now, no. But I think Curb Your Enthusiasm, I mean, could it sustain today's culture? No, probably not. But I still think it's funny. I think, I mean, I like stand up though. Right? He's I like annoying to me. But yeah, come on. He, his person, I just, I couldn't take I need it. To, I need to point you to certain episodes. All Maybe right, that. Fine. Okay, so apparently the breakup with Cassie, Larry David Jr., uh, was a little messy. She wrote a book of essays and talks about their breakup in these in this book of essays and how she felt when he starts dating uh, Miss Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're friends now, and she said that he had looked at what she wrote first, yeah. and he wished her the best, so good for them. Good for him. So mature. So mature. Um, and then he ends up getting engaged to Ariana Grande in Miss 2018. Miss Ponytail. Miss Ponytail herself. That's literally all she wears. Has to be um, so terrible for her edges. I mean, we don't want to look under that. No. Um, they end up getting engaged for, after dating for only a month. Mm-hmm. And then, shockingly, they call the engagement off that same year. No way. No way do you get engaged within a month and break up the same year. It's shocking. I can only imagine how well you must have known each other. <laughs> what I wanted to know was, like, this was pre or post donut licking. Because, again, now I think of Ariana Grande as donut liquor. Is that your pre and post for her? Uh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Or, like, I guess even I have younger siblings, so I remember her on the Disney show. I forget what it's called, but she had red hair. Okay. So there's, like, two eras for me and Ariana mm. Grande. It's, like, red hair and then donut licking. That's how I look at Hillary Duff is, like, Lizzie McGuire afterwards. What's after? What is she doing now? She's, like, Lifetime being a mom? movies? It's <laughs> <laughs> even worse. R.I.P. Lizzie McGuire. Also, this year, um, a woman falsely claims to be married to Pete Davidson and said that they had started a business together. And so the business is like some fake digital entertainment company called Bodega Cats Presents. And bodegas are, if people don't know, like what we call corner stores in New York, basically. So if there's like a small shop on the corner, you can get like some fruits and veggies and snacks. We call it a bodega. So it's called Bodega Cats Presents. And this company puts out a press release claiming that Pete was a silent partner and would be joining formally as a co-founder and co-CEO along his alongside his childhood friend Michelle Mootready, who he also happened to be married to. So query who is this person? When did he get married? Fine. Mm-hmm. And so they even go so far as to include a mission statement. And their purpose was to allegedly increase diversity and belonging in the entertainment industry by curating experiences that have a social and cultural impact. Okay, I gotta I, when the name Bodega Cats Presents is so weird that I actually think it sounds legit because I, pe- I feel like people in Hollywood try to come up with these really cool names that if I saw that, I'm like, what, is, what does that even mean? I think it makes sense for New Yorkers, actually. Yeah? Like, in bodegas, there are often cats. cats. Presents? There are often cats in bodegas. On Staten Island Who, guy, like, so. sit on, I mean, definitely in Staten Island. It has, has to be, like, 10 cats per bodega. <laughs> but if you go to, like, you know, the good They're not bodegas. Scared? No, they just kind of, like, hang out in there. They want food or something? They don't even want food. They literally oh. just, like, kind of hang they out in there. there. Oh, they're they're just, they're, like, a part of the ambiance. Oh, they're, like, the mascot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're serving so, like, sometimes people? you'll, like, find them like, next to a box of cereal or, like, it's kind of oh. gross, you know? know when you say it out loud yeah, like you're telling me there's <laughs> random animals and you're like getting fruit and cheese here i'm not but yes okay of course you're not well if i see it I'm allergic you're in to, dubai I, bowling i'm allergic to cats so if i see a cat next to the food that i'm getting i'm like i'm past oh Sorry. yeah i like how you try to stay humble by being like i'm allergic if i wasn't i'd love to eat that furry cheese rude well so apparently he after this press release comes out because you know he's not married and he shocking does not know the girl mm-hmm. he decides he's gonna sue for this but it's not and so it's not really clear where things stand now with the lawsuit for the press release okay so after he sued for the press release michelle then apparently illegally enters his staten island house mm-hmm. while his aunt was home who called 911. And so Michelle ends up being arrested without resistance, but told police that, um, that Michelle and Pete shared a telepathic love. Oh, okay. That's my favorite kind of love. Romantic. Yeah, that sounds sweet. (laughs) Do you think he knew that they shared a telepathic (laughs) love? Does it have to be two ways? I wonder if maybe one way is sufficient for this kind of love? I think telepathy usually means that like it's like a a common, you know, it's shared. And has Pete responded on whether he, you know, 
reciprocated the telepathic love i don't think well, so. well michelle ends up being charged with trespassing and two counts of stalking so i'm gonna guess it was not okay. a mutual not, telepathy not not mutual mm-mm, mm-mm. but very loyal michelle tried just to get them going on a new venture yeah with that telepathic love by breaking into pete's house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. legally judgy does not condone this type of activity mm-hmm. listeners please avoid <laughs> this at all costs we will not defend telepathic love well so he luckily has gotten himself out of the drama the drums with michelle and he's now dating um one of the bridgerton actresses her name is phoebe denivore i don't know how you say her last name i prepped for this i I tried like three times i google did you know google's helping me now because you know how badly i say words pronounce things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. because again i read things so i don't really say them out loud it's it's denivore denivore I Google will tell you. You type in the name. Did or she the word? say it? But did, have you looked? Did you listen to an article where she or like a, a news I thing where to she Ms. was Google. saying it? That doesn't Ms. count. Google said it. Well, you, fine. You say it how you dinovore. What do you want to say? I said actually, I actually said dinovore. But go ahead. What you were the one? They were. You want me to continue? Just go. Okay, I'll just talk for you. Sure. Uh, they were seen wearing matching necklaces, Cute. which I again think is just soups fresh. Mm-hmm. So um, apparently. His dating style is to be super honest and upfront. He tells them about all of his flaws so that there aren't any surprises. I mean, that's definitely one way to handle it. <laughs> I think I'd rather just like ease people into my kind of craziness, I- I'd have to I say. I don't know. Depends on how bad it is. Are you going to be like, hi, I'm I'm Alexa. I'm neurotic. I'm type I, you know, I don't want to really. I mean, really... you can do like a small sampling, right? Like a charcuterie board. Like don't give it all away, but like give me a sampling so I at least understand. <laughs> so what exactly would that look like for you to give a sampling <laughs> of your crazy, Nicole? Like a charcuterie board of me would be... You know, I have a little bit of OCD. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely... That's how you'd say it. I have a little, little bit. I'm a little strong-willed. <laughs> I can be a little spicy. Okay. I like a to clean. A little strong-willed. You know, sometimes I just get passionate, really. That's my... <laughs> that, that's what that sounds like. That's how you spin that shit. I said charcuterie board. And then OCD. I just like, you know, things to be clean. You know, I'm just yeah. not a really messy person. That's and then little, that's right. cut to you, like, scrubbing your floors with a toothbrush. If only I had the mean. time in the day to scrub as much as I would like to. Yeah, I remember you being like, I can't hang out on sunday i need to scrub everything (laughs) like what (laughs) okay anyways back let's go back in time just a little bit not that far not too bad late 2019 Mm -hmm. pete was doing smaller comedy shows on top of everything else he was doing yep and my theory is that he was doing this to workshop the material for his alive from new york netflix special that we mentioned that Mm -hmm. ended up coming out in 2020 Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of Big time comedians will go to small clubs to workshop their jokes and right. prep for like a big special, right? They're reworking their jokes. They want to know what'll hit, what which jokes to include or not to include. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what he was doing here. Yeah. The problem though is that he started asking guests to sign NDAs before his comedy show. That's and fun. you've broken down NDAs for us before. Let's do it again. What are NDAs? Yeah. So NDAs are non-disclosure agreements that essentially prevent you from speaking on certain things. Or require you to keep certain information confidential, which we broke down in the Ellen episode briefly. So if you haven't listened to that, shout out Ellen DeGeneres. Mm -hmm. Not shout out her. Shout out our episode episode about her. Our episode. Do not shout her out. Um, (laughs) They're often kind of used in business deals or employers will ask employees to sign them. But definitely in scenarios where there's an expectation that certain information will remain confidential or private. Like proprietary things. Right. What a word. Um, So apparently... Pete was first asking his fans or his guests, I should, you know, his attendees. Fans, I don't sure. really know what you call them. Attendees of his shows to sign them in November of 2019 again at his Minneapolis show. But apparently no one there cared and signed without issue, which feels appropriate for the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. You speak just, for them? just there for a good time. And then, of course, it blows up yeah, once he goes always. to San Francisco. The Californians. Freaking bunch of, hippie, bunch of assholes. Hippie Californians over here. Yep. Caring about our laws and rights. Waiting for the salads. Um, he was asked to, they were asked to sign the NDA. Again, it, it forbid, I mean, this is an intense NDA, though. Like yeah. you said, it, it was a usually it's just like confidential information, mm-hmm. right? Here, it forbade them from tweeting or Instagramming any opinions about his performance. Opinions. Opinions. I just want to. I just want to like harp on that word ten more times. To opinions, opinions about his performance. So it's like a page long, but we want to give you listeners kind of a snippet of what this looked like. Mm-hmm. So, in part, it said the individual shall not, shall not give any interviews, offer any opinions or critiques, or otherwise participate by any means or in any form whatsoever, including but not limited to 
blogs, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or any other social networking or other websites, whether now existing or hereafter created. So basically, he's saying you can't give any opinions or critique his performance on any of the social media platforms. Don't talk about it. Ever. Ever. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. Forever, ever. There we go. And um, it also allegedly... And by allegedly, we mean it did because we saw it, <laughs> yeah. um, actually. We're, this is the one time where we're we so don't need <laughs> We're so used to being like, we didn't have his tax returns, so allegedly. But here, we can, let's drop it, girl. Yeah, Are you ready to dive it, in with me? Do it. You say it. You say that aggressively, <sighs> passionately. It contained information. No, it said that the company had the right to seize and destroy the contents of any smartphone or device snuck into the performance. So if they saw a cell phone, Crazy. they had the right to take it away. And literally, they probably actually had the right to take it and just smash and it, it right in front of you. I feel like they'd probably be more reasonable than that and just delete the content. But yeah, they technically... I feel like if I was hired for this job, though, I'd be huge. real theatrical about it. I'd like every time I'd have like a, a flamethrower. Like a baseball bat. Yeah, like every like time. Like a Beyonce baseball bat. Chainsaw. And smash every phone. You know, every single one. I would have a new way to destroy it. I have to get you the yellow dress that she um, wore. I mean, yeah, I look great in yellow. A nice I'll take Beyonce it. wig. Be very androgynous. Um, and then in, in addition to all of that, it, it asked for basic contact information, but then also asked for people's Instagram and Twitter handles. I guess so they could like police it and go to your pages afterwards and make sure you didn't post anything, which is crazy. That is crazy. Like, are you paying a staff to go through people's, I mean, first of all, if somebody's doing that for a job, please pay me. I would love <laughs> to go through go. people's social media so pages. I'm in the yellow dress. I got the baseball bat. I'm mm-hmm. smashing phones. You're stalking people on Instagram. I'm Burt McAvoy from <laughs> Parks and Recreation from the <laughs> you're just, FBI. You're just everywhere. Yep. Great. You're what welcome. a duo. Always a dynamic duo with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think the really messed up part too is the venue didn't tell people until right before the show. Like they showed up. I think, well, so some people said they got emails like the day before the day of the show, basically saying like, you have to sign this or you can't come to the show. I think it varied. You're right. It depended on which show. Right. I think they started to roll it out once people started complaining. Also, a lot of this actually came out because one fan said that she got the NDA by email either the day or the day before. And so she was like, I'm not signing this. And she ends up calling the theater and she's like, I'm not, I refuse to sign. Like, is there a special happening? Because I think in her mind she was like, oh, is Netflix recording or is somebody recording this? Mm -hmm. And then she, maybe it would have seemed more reasonable to her, Mm -hmm. but they wouldn't give her any information. So she's like, I'm not signing this shit. And she obviously posts, you know, bits and pieces of it on, you know, social media, which we've all been able to see now. Mm -hmm. And so the venue ends up giving her a refund and saying she can't come to the show at all. Right. And so she posts it to the event page on Facebook mm-hmm. to warn everybody else, right? right? And to get other opinions because she was like, this is insane. Right. And then the the another big point, as if that wasn't enough, the fine for breaking the NDA was a million dollars plus out-of-pocket expenses. So egregious. Like, Pete, you're not that funny. You don't even make a million dollars in a year. <laughs> okay, that might not be true with all the stuff that what he's do you, got What going. do we think he's clearing? Two? May, I mean, he's doing movies now. He's going to be, well, we're going to get into that, but he's doing movies and he's, I don't know. He might be, but anyway, for giving it your feels opinion, like real egregious, make people sign an NDA. A theater full of people yes. sign an NDA that basically says if they breach it, they have to pay you a million dollars plus out-of-pocket expenses. I agree. So, what are the legal issues? Disgusting. Breakdown. You want to give us like a little a tasty taste of what we're dealing with here? Yeah, I mean, so one is contract of adhesion, which basically just means that the signing party, in this case the attendees, have substantially less bargaining power than the person who's drafted or put together the NDA. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't ever mean, like a, a contract of adhesion doesn't necessarily mean that it's unenforceable, but a court could like kind of fine comb, go through the NDA with a fine uh, tooth comb and pull out like the unreasonable terms and say that those are invalid. So here, for instance, he's got like this issue of scope and so like we were just talking about like is he really justified in getting a million dollars per person from somebody who tells like a friend one of the jokes that they overheard at the performance Mm -hmm. or like if they tell i don't know their mom in the privacy of their own home like right in theory though in the way that's drafted yes a million dollars the way that they would owe a million dollars no matter who they tell they can tell their fucking pet guinea pig and like a million dollars out the window so there's that issue their tattoo artist maybe Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, fine. He's got a lot of tattoos, so he probably has a trusted confidant. I was just trying to help. Artist. I was just trying to help mm-hmm. give examples. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. not help? Okay. Uh, duration issue, which we talked about because we said in perpetuity, yeah. right? There's no duration here. So 50 years from now, again, you say that Pete Davidson's joke, blah blah blah. I hated that. That Louis C.K. Right? Because it came out. Right. That was a terrible joke. I mean, in theory, too. I mean, 
it already the special came out so you're like what is but the there was reach? no special so right like, so we at the reached, time right so te- yes exactly but you're like it was probably for that spe- so again just you shouldn't have the right to collect a million dollars in the forever. future forever ever and again the timing issue which we kind of talked about already in some instances where people showed up in line and that was the first time they were looking at that nda a court would see that and be like this is unfair it's kind of duressy. I'm not going to say it's like completely duress, which we've gone over in the Selena episode. Shout out Selena. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, you're, you're, you could, yeah, cause you're you could taking to walk away. away people's choices or you're like, you're definitely minimizing them, right? By being like, if you want to come into this thing right now, you need to sign this thing right here. You probably got ready. You look real cute. Yeah, you girl, got some got dinner. Your dress on. You're going to go to show, mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. a good time. So like, yeah, you could choose not to sign it and walk away, get your refund. But also you probably would have preferred to go watch the performance. You're yeah. like excited about it. Yep messed up and then the damages like we talked about a million dollars for that it seems like i can't imagine a court would uphold that like what are the actual damages here pd pd boy i would say five dollars a joke five dollars a joke at best for really good jokes too yeah like i said i watched some of it i entertained but five you know a million bucks to retail not worth it five dollars even that's a little arguable i think Um, it could be different though if they were saying that it was for releasing footage from the show like if they were taking video and posting video straight to social media, I could see there being a higher claim for like damages, maybe still not a, hundred, a million dollars, but you know, definitely like more in the pot at that point. But I mean, you know, he would definitely have to prove that the harm of them posting is worth the million. So I think there's a lot of ways the million dollar, you know, number doesn't really make a lot of sense here. I agree. And I have to say on top of it, the release the nda itself had spelling errors classy like several mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. pd boy if you need some lawyers who will proofread hit us up yeah at legally judgy <laughs> i'm not proofreading your shit but hit up alexa and you know like we were saying this isn't completely uncommon to have some sort of ban on filming and recording right mm-hmm. like plenty of musicians and, and comedians have required this louis ck the guy we've already mentioned a couple times he banned the use of cell phones at his comedy shows most recently in 2020 mm-hmm. and he even tried to copyright his live performances and threaten people who leaked them the problem here we've talked about copyright a lot on many episodes so if you haven't listened to any other episode yet go just listen to all of them and you'll probably hit several copyrights But here, it's unclear whether jokes get copyright protection, because as we've talked about, copyright protects expressions of ideas, not the ideas themselves. So it really depends on the joke. Like, Mm -hmm. this is very fact-specific. A court would have to look at the joke and say, okay, is there more expression here? Is there more originality here? But like, a guy walks into a bar, like, that probably wouldn't cut it. Yeah. I mean, I also think there's the other problem here would be fair use, which is a big defense to copyright, as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. People are definitely allowed to, you know, parody and comment and criticize material. So even if jokes were to have copyright protection, doesn't mean that people can't speak on it based on, you know, it being copyrighted in and of itself. And then I think there's right. also a question of, you know, is the contract enforceable, which would then supersede even the fair use protections? Because, you know, people can contract away rights right but if the contract is unfair it won't be enforceable so you would never even have to like get to the fair use part of it all we just really lawyered the shit out of this i know wow. we were like that back and lot. forth back and What's forth a lot. but but Let's this is on. this is how it goes though right so you know anyway back to louis ck in this document he declared that he is the owner of all the jokes and sketches that will be performed shocking i know because i thought it was my grandma Um, And he said that the materials or footage could not be copied, translated, transmitted, displayed, and that any leakers would face legal penalties. But for me, again, we've alluded to this, like he of all comedians, should you be, should be, be trying to like silence people here? Like he, in 2017, got accused of several uh, sexual misconduct allegations by mm-hmm. many women and so he's been laying low essentially t- since then mm-hmm. and now he's trying to make his comeback and this is the way you're doing it you're basically saying like hey everyone shut up again we'll, we'll get into like the morality for other comedians but i think for louis in particular just ease up a little bit boy like i feel like the ego is there for him yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like there's also artists who've taken a more reasonable stance in saying, than having people sign NDAs like Pete was asking for. So, like, for instance, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, even in Season Sorry, I think Madonna and Alicia have for their concerts, obviously not comedy specials. Mm-hmm. 
have um, prohibited fans from sharing materials from their shows without written consent. And I've definitely been to shows where they've taken away your phones and put it in those like little locked bags. Yeah. I don't, I always try to crack them open and figure out how do. to, <laughs> because I'm like an addict. But I mean, I get that that part happens. At least you still have your phone, right? Yeah. And they're like, we are, we're shooting something today. So we don't want this, this footage to leak before it hits, you know, Netflix, Hulu, whatever the case is. Yeah, I actually was in a comedy, a small comedy show in um, Hollywood before COVID, and the comedian mid-set saw somebody recording. He stopped. He told security. She was, like, sitting in the front. They came and, like, made her leave. And he, Or it was a guy, actually, and he was, like, begging for him to stay. And he's like, no, you know the rules. Oh, wow. Out. And he got escorted. It was, I loved it. It was salacious. I was like, bye, Petey boy. I don't know what his name is, but that seems appropriate. That's uncomfy. Um, but okay, we've been talking about this. I feel like I can't wait to talk about this. A question over fairness Mm -hmm. for Pete and other comedians, right? Mm -hmm. Because on the one hand, I think it does make sense for them to want to keep their jokes from being circulated online when they're workshopping things like this, you know, prevent, prevent them from, you know, getting out and spoiling it for others who are going to see some shows later or for the specials they're going to air, especially like you have a big Netflix show, which can affect their income and drive ticket sales down, right? Because if everyone's seen your jokes online, what incentive is there for them to go and buy tickets to your next show Mm -hmm. or even the Netflix special? Like if I saw all those jokes, I'm not going to tune into Netflix and Netflix doesn't want to give you probably another special if if your numbers are down. And then you have also other comedians who can steal their jokes. Um, people posting jokes before the comedian is ready for them to be posted. Because again, Mm -hmm. they're workshopping it. So Mm -hmm. you don't know in what stage the joke is ready to be put out into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other part is I think that people could only like post a portion of a joke. Like maybe it's a more inappropriate joke and then they take it out of context and then you could imagine they post it online and then people get up in arms about it and get upset. But if you were to watch the whole bit, it might make things a little bit better. Um, and I think that too, that this can hurt comedians more than musicians because people are probably more inclined to listen to the same song over, but like nobody wants to hear the same joke over and over. It just kills it. Yeah. I mean, I just think that you're silencing your fans from vocalizing opinions. Like I, like I said, I get when Dave Chappelle or Aziz or whoever else is like, lock your phones away. I don't want you recording. But Pete's NDA as a reminder was like, you can't critique or share opinions from the performance. Like what the fuck is this communist Russia? I can't tell, talk to people about how I feel about the experience. (laughs) Like I'm just giving an opinion. I'm not reporting your joke or repeating. And I'm just saying like, yeah, the show kind of sucked. Yeah. Or like his jokes weren't that funny. Or even what if you're like, I actually really love this joke. What if it was a positive opinion? You can't. I'm saying all negative ones because that's how I feel about him right now. I mean, that's true. But I'm saying that the way that it's drafted, you can't even sing praises. Like, wouldn't you want that as a comedian for people to be like, actually, that was a fucking, that was an awesome show. Yeah. You should go watch it. But that alone, my opinion, right? I just gave an opinion on the show. Now you owe a million dollars, bitch. A million bucks. Bye-bye. There I go. I owe a lot of money from this, uh, (laughs) this podcast episode alone. And the, the sketchy part too, is I read that some comedians may actually be requesting these crazy NDAs because they want to keep jokes that were like too inappropriate that could get them canceled private and prevented from getting into mass circulation. So you could see there's like a huge power imbalance. This is why Louis CK stuff, I'm like gross. Like that's just, it's too much. Like if you want, if you're going to say a joke, just embrace it, right? Stand by your joke. Or if you think that it's might not hit or it's inappropriate, right? Don't say it at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I have a question, I have questions about if a court would defend that NDA if they brought a per- like a claim against the person who gave an opinion or talked about one of the cancel, cancelable jokes, but. Yeah, I don't think it would hold up in Yeah. The opinions part, no. But taking your device away and putting in a little pouch. Right. I think that's fine. I mean, I think that's like a good middle point, right? You can put some out, you can put some responsibility on the, like the artist musician and you can put some on the audience. And so you meet in the middle. And so to your point, like I think putting phones away or putting them on silent, whatever the case is, like that's a good middle option where nobody has to owe a million dollars. Yeah. So uh, to your point, it sounds a little crazy communist Russia over here. Mm-hmm. Putin. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little Putin-esque. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So where do things stand now? Well, so naturally, right, you know, like we said, this happened in like November, December 2019. So Mm -hmm. very shortly thereafter, the pandy comes. And so he shut down from performing. And unfortunately, pandy silenced him. Yeah, the pandy silenced him. Karma's a bitch. (laughs) And so um, this, you know, he had to stop. He couldn't really force his fans to sign his NDAs anymore. No more shows. And I actually did read, too, that several (laughs) NDAs didn't even work. People started creating anonymous social media accounts discussing his jokes at length. 
So also like, what's he going to do if you can't find the person like talking about you? I think it just makes you look like a dick. Like if I was a big Pete Davidson fan, which I'm not, but that would turn me off. Like if one of my favorite standups made me sign that, I'd be like, dude, yeah, it's fucked up. What do you mean? I would, because you would actually read it. That's why most people would be like, oh, I'm fine. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. I disagree (laughs) with this clause. Can I just, your period's in the wrong place. Send a red line. And also here's the correction on that spelling (laughs) error. Well, so instead of forcing his fans to sign NDAs, he's been using his um, SNL time to comment on the recent drama around Chrissy Teigen. Real brief, if you don't know, she basically... Put her foot in her mouth? She kind of was an online bully for a little bit. She, I love Chrissy, mind you, but I think she was saying some things that were not appropriate to some other people on social media, Mm -hmm. and it has since kind of come out to bite her. This was like 10 years ago? It was a long time ago. ago. I mean, this has been happening, right? old tweets are yeah. resurfacing yeah it happens to so many people yeah but so basically pete's been joking that the one good thing about the pandemic has been that she's out of people's lives <laughs> um did he attack like did she attack him or something i was wondering where this came from or maybe he's just making a joke because he probably tried he to ask her on a date and she said no right right he's but that's bitter. you know that's how guys roll that's okay you teach me i don't know <laughs> i don't know that um, and apparently Pete may also be leaving our lives if you watch SNL anyway, because rumors are flying that he's ready to drop out. He's been there for seven seasons. Bye-bye. Bring Bill Hader back. Bill, <laughs> you love yourself some Bill. I know. Barry is my baddie. It's like one of my favorite shows. I got to watch that. I only so watch the pilot. My yeah. bad. Husband and I love it. Okay. I'll add it to my list if you want to watch, you know, one episode of Curb with me. Um, but it looks like he's getting back into acting. So maybe he won't need those NDAs. Although maybe he'll start he'll passing them out one. to the cast and crew. Well, now he'll have to sign them. <laughs> Don't say anything about my acting. Idiot. God. He's going to be playing Joey Ramone in the Netflix bio uh, about the Ramones. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. He's also going to play one of the villains in the Suicide Squad sequel. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he mentioned that he's trying to get a lot of his tattoos removed for his acting roles because apparently he's been having to like show up three hours early to set so they could cover them up before he starts his acting gigs. Fun fact, as of August 2018, he has 40 tattoos. Well, one of those 40 is a pit, like a bust picture. Not like busty, but like, you know, like <laughs> formal bust, you know, like back in the day when they call like the chest up the busts yeah yeah girl okay, you're making whatever. it worse just just say it <laughs> so, you're making me laugh because i know what you're about to say i'm just gonna take just erase don't don't worry about the bus part guys okay. he's got a picture of rbg's face ruth bader ginsburg who a busty picture i love um so hopefully at least keeps that one yeah he's got a couple gems uh, apparently he also has hillary clinton he tatted it on himself when she ran and lost so uh i mean she too was a badass that just okay all right i mean he likes powerful women. he better add kamala next kamala don't be be equal opportunity well he's taking him off no, maybe that'll be late. the one that can too stay late. he has to do it and then take it off if it's three hours to cover 40 he can keep he could put kamala on there he and can, then take like he can find 20 a spot minutes, for kamala 20 minutes to, to clean that up that's fine okay so summary of what we talked about don't pete was try being to a D-bag. silence opinion yeah. dude pete Just was being a d-bag criticism asking his fans to sign ndas before they came to his little comedy shows i think he's being a little sensitive i think you know he said that he's quit on the internet several times because of the th- <laughs> okay. the mean things people say which i know mm. you go through a lot of stuff but everybody is going through stuff yeah so just like just don't listen to bad opinions yeah that's okay. one option um what's your advice my advice i feel like i kind of just said it (laughs) like don't silence opinions and don't be a baby and if you can make these jokes to like people wearing eye patches like be cooler brought the eye patch back okay i mean if he can make a dig at a guy wearing an eye patch then he can take people critiquing his jokes is all i'm saying yeah you i would say don't fuck up your relationship with Phoebe because we need Bridgerton to come back. And so if it doesn't come back, I'm going to personally blame you. She might be licking donuts. And I'll kill you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Allegedly, that was fake. This was a parody. Shake <laughs> This is a legal... Sketch comedy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Um, well, before we go, we also want to tell our listeners, go tell somebody about us. Tell like one to 500 friends of yours. Definitely all your awesome. friends who smoke too much and can use a little rehab like Pete. Let them know that this episode is up. We're good. We're, we, we are helpful. We're funny. We'll bring up your day. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into today's episode of Legally Judgy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk as much as we love the sound of our own voices. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Also, feel free to connect with us on our socials at Legally Judgy. Until next time. Bye.
Thank you.